where are all the cord cutters on this consumer goods edition of Industry Focus? Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, joining you here from beautiful Alexandria, Virginia, just south of Washington, D.C. And uh, I'm joined with the incomparable Vincent Shen today. How are you, sir? How you doing, Sean? Not too bad. Looking forward to the uh, the picnic that's going to be outside in the PTO area later today. Oh, yeah? You know about that? No, yeah, I'll show you. There's like 20 vendors that are going to be hanging out in front of our, our building, basically. Oh, wow. Very. The weather is perfect outside. Absolutely awesome, because it's not quite humid yet, which DC totally will be in a month. Anyway. Uh, so today we're talking about cord cutters, and uh, I actually should say the lack of them, because we always talk about, oh, death of cable, and you know everybody's cutting their cord and watching Netflix and all that stuff, but the data tells a different story. What's going on here? Yeah, so um, after our show last week talking about the, the fall of the Comcast Time Warner deal, I um, thought it'd be interesting to look at some of these other options that people do have if they are unhappy with their service and just kind of what the lay of the land looks like in the industry. Um, in the media, we've seen a lot of stories about how millennials in particular, younger consumers in general, are moving away from traditional pay TV, cable, satellite, and they're moving on to these streaming services. Think Netflix, Amazon Prime, uh, Hulu, others. Way more than I even actually realized are out there. Some I've never tried before. But the issue is that based on the numbers, like you said, Sean, we're not really seeing like significant uh, substantial. There are tens of millions of people that have subscribed to cable, and they lost what hundred thousand subscribers last year. Yeah, like so less a fraction of one percent. It's not so even. So there's a there was uh, some uh, research from the Lightman Research Group that basically said that for the thirteen largest pay TV providers, so these guys cover ninety five million subscribers. Yeah. this is about ninety five percent of the entire market. Right. And for 2014, they only lost net about 125,000 subscribers. So we're talking about you know, feedback, like, you know, very small, less, that's far less than a percent. The, yeah, there's no way. <laughs> and um, you know, that's only a slight increase from the uh, losses that they had in 2013, which amounted to again a small number, 95,000 in the context of their 95 million subscriber base. And the thing is. Uh, of those 13 largest pay TV providers, they are kind of se uh, segmented into different groups because you have nine of them are traditional cable companies, which are the biggest. They make up about 50 million subscribers. You have the satellite guy, and they also actually, the cable TV guys, admittedly, so the Comcast, the Cablevisions, the Time Warners, they did have the biggest losses, where in 2014, they lost about... 1.2 million subscribers. Okay. The reason why the numbers decrease or the overall decrease for the industry was less was because satellite added and so did telephone providers. Got to have my NFL Red Zone on DirecTV. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, tel the telephone providers which includes uh, Verizon and AT&T, they added a million subscribers last year. So that offset a lot of ca the right. traditional cable losses. So, really what I took from this is there are not droves of people stepping away from these traditional pay TV providers and going to just streaming over broadband. So, uh, you know, in studio, you and I, we're both millennials. We both moved to D.C., we work for the full, all this stuff. We are the ideal type of citizen that would be cutting the cord. Why aren't you cutting yours? Uh, well, I, this is actually, I think, something we'll, we'll have to touch on later in the show is the fact that I got roped in. And I was fully prepared gotcha. to gotcha. just go with broadband, to just go with my internet package. 
Um, and I was happy with just having Netflix and then, you know, making do elsewhere with my friends who have HBO now or whatever. But for it was maybe five or ten dollars more they were offering like about 30 40 channels and i said all right you know what it's five or ten dollars fine take my money sometimes <laughs> it's nice to sit on the couch and just flip through and see what's on typical man good stuff yeah um so what's going on with uh so let's take a step back just to offer the alternative and then we'll kind of bring it all home um there are a lot of alternatives on this list so uh before the show you came up with this uh international business times this list of cord cutting and this is all the alternatives and there's probably i don't know 20 or 30 options on here. And this includes like CBS All Access for $5.99 a month where you can get the entire back catalog of all CBS classic shows and just stream them over your computer. Um, NBC offers something similar for 3 bucks. Noggin for $5.99 a month. Your preschooler, which actually is going to be important to me real soon, uh, in your household. Nickelodeon's Noggin service provides ad-free shows such as Blue's Clues and Little Bear. I mean, $6. I mean, that's, you know... Um, WWE, if you're a wrestling fan, they're trying to ramp up their own version of Netflix. They'll have an entire catalog of every wrestling match in the history of mankind for 10 bucks a month. Of course, HBO Now, um, you do not have to be a cable subscriber at all. You can just stream it over your computer for $14.99 a month. Um, so you have alternatives. Obviously, if you add all these up, though, you're going to spend, I don't know, two, $300 a month if you want all these. It ultimately depends on what you need in your package. And you're right. If if you need a more comprehensive set of channels, it might make sense for you to go with a traditional Well, and that's package. the darnest, because uh, a couple of months ago, one of our writers, um, they pointed out the fact that technically, on a value basis, the current subscription cable model that we all you know live with and grumble about is still technically the best deal because for you know seventy, sixty, you know eighty, ninety dollars, you're getting over a hundred channels. If we did that all a cart, and even if you paid, I don't know, dollar fifty per channel, if you really wanted ESPN, you'd be paying six bucks. It would get really pricey. Well, I'm glad it's it's important that you mention ESPN because I think that's a huge sticking point that or you know kind of last line of defense that the cable industry that's still has. The, that, that's the word right there last line of defense <laughs> um you know there's uh, nielsen came out with some data that basically said that consumers with both a cable television and streaming uh service subscription they're more likely to drop the streaming service um Actually, it's like 93% of homes. In part because it's easier, mind you. Yeah, also. It's also easier. But 93% of homes are more likely to keep their cable subscription than their streaming service. Um, You know, they're arguing that cord cutting is not really happening because it's true that younger people are dropping services at uh, higher rates than other demographics. But the issue is, you know, for me personally, I've moved three or four times in the past six years right and i think that you know every single time i'm cutting i might be cutting with comcast joining with time warner cutting with time warner joining back up with comcast so that kind of can skew the numbers we're very mobile at this age so going back to the espn though the big uh last line of defense like we said is the issue that you know half of survey respondents will say i want to drop my cable service it's expensive has channels that i don't need but i'm unwilling to do so essentially because I want to be able to watch football on Sunday or the playoffs for NBA. And that is the uh, the issue they're having where Netflix, Amazon, and some of these other services just can't offer that. So, yeah, so bringing it back around here, um, you know, you were talking about I took the liberty of just coming up with, uh, you know, three of the major cable, you know, Internet providers, television providers, uh, Time Warner, Comcast, and Verizon Fios. Um, 
And I just looked, took took a look at their three major packages. So I have like the basic just the internet, like literally just the internet. And you would just stream Netflix and CBS Go or whatever. Okay. Um, and then Cable Plus, which is kind of what I'm going with right now, even though my wife grumbles about it. Um, love you, Natalie. Uh, it's Cable Plus, and it's like literally the bare bones cable, like 20, 25 channels. And it's like ABC, CBS, and like Bravo. Like yeah, that's kind of... Yeah. That's what I have right now. Yeah, so you and me both. And then you got the mid-range, and this is pretty much what the average person in America probably picks. I mean, they don't want to spend $200 a month. Um, but the basic internet is like, I mean, it's 35 to 40 bucks just for the internet. Um, and actually, some of these packages aren't even that good because uh, like the Comcast one, you know, here in uh, Alexandria, Virginia, that's three megabits per second for $35 a month. That's just for the first 12 months with Comcast. And for 35 with Time Warner and Verizon Fios, you're getting like 15 to 25 megabits per second. So you kind of need a faster internet speed. So that kind of trapped me. So then I had to go up because I have Comcast. And then, so then you go up to the kind of the cable plus the the basic. And it's just like for 15 more dollars, I get these uh, you know TV channels. I don't have to buy have an antenna and all this stuff. And you're kind of, tr- it's like, okay, fine. Take my extra $15. Well, that's how they get you too. Well, at least specifically to that Comcast package you mentioned, the three megabits per second. You're, that's You awful. might run into issues. If you have more than a few devices going on in your house one time, you're trying to stream some, you know, House of Cards on Netflix on your television, you're going to be, you know, already bottlenecking your connection a little bit. It'll, it'll be a problem, yeah. So, and then the mid-range, you're getting like, you know, 200 channels and 30 megabits per second internet or whatever. I mean, you're talking $80, $90, but if you're already spending 40 or 50, you know, you could get an extra 160, 180 channels for an extra 30, $40. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it seems to me like there are no cable cut or cord cutters just yet because all hundred million households in America are between a rock and a hard place. They want to get rid of them. They really don't like them, but they can't because they're not, there's nothing quite out there yet that provides the value and the right. selection that they real. That's going to be like you know what? That's an absolute winner. I'm making the change tomorrow. Right. Um, something you know. Last week we mentioned uh, the new uh, package from Verizon that they're kind of getting into. Some yeah, I saw that. I'm I'm sad I moved out of Verizon's territory now. <laughs> um, you know that package. It's in my opinion, it's a little on the pricier end uh, for the number of channels you're getting, but that does have that sports package where I think a, what a lot of people find valuable. But another competitor, Cablevision, actually, not long after Verizon made their announcement for their new service, they came out with they're, uh, they're big in New York, right? Yes. Correct. Okay, Based on go New on. Yeah. So Cablevision is targeting cord cutters uh, with something that is just internet, and then you know the, the kicker is they give you a free TV antenna. So that's going to catch all your... Uh, That'll get all the millennials so, moving to New York. Yeah. CBS, ABC, NBC. Um, in my personal experience with the antenna, an HD antenna, it worked beautifully. The I picture's used, great. I it's used awesome. it for the Super Bowl. I got yeah. 30 channels where I am in the city, and I was very, very impressed with what uh, you know that was picking up. So that is a you know an interesting option where some people who you know just only need those major networks and are happy with just the internet. You yeah, know, it's another alternative. It's just another way that uh, the industry is kind of changing, innovating a little bit, offering these new options to to get people to stay on and, and do business with them. Yeah, now it seems like the bottom line here is you know we keep talking about all these options like CBS Go, where you pay six dollars a month and you're able to stream their whole library, but you still need to stream. You still need the internet. So yeah. it seems like the bottom line is the Comcast of the world don't actually need to worry because they own the cables to everybody's home still, and they're still gonna have to pay for the internet. So they still have that toll bridge there. Mm-hmm, exactly. 
So very good. Well, thanks for your thoughts, Vince. Have a good one. Cool. Thank you, Sean. Before we go, I want to make our listeners aware of a very special offer for all of our industry-focused listeners. If you're looking for more foolish stock uh, stock ideas, Stock Advisor may be the service for you. It is our flagship newsletter started about more than 10 years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We are offering the lowest price out there for our industry-focused listeners. It is $98 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every single month with insight from our team of analysts. You can go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of this offer. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks that they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Vincent Chen, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on!